You're listening to Wikisleep, a podcast designed to help you relax and unwind through calm, quiet storytelling. I'm your host, Hadrian Sala. As you may be aware, this podcast is being turned into an app. The app will have all the same great content, plus much more, including meditations, visual journeys, some really boring stuff, and a bunch of fun, interesting content. I encourage you to go to wikisleep.com and sign up now for early and extended free access once the app is released, which should be in the next month or so. As it turns out, developing an app takes a lot of work, so instead of a new script and biography this week, I've decided to read one of my favorite Agatha Christie mystery novels, Murder on the Links. My hope is to release it in its entirety over the next little while, so keep an eye out for bonus Wikisleep podcast episodes in the coming days. I'll still be releasing every Thursday until the app is ready, but then all the great stories and content you find here will only be available on the app. Visit wikisleep.com and get yourself signed up for early access. It only takes a few seconds to join the waiting list and will be super helpful for me once things are launched. Now, to Murder on the Links, a mystery novel by Agatha Christie that was originally published in 1923. Part 1. A Fellow Traveler I believe that a well-known anecdote exists to the effect that a young writer determined to make the commencement of his story forcible and original enough to catch and rivet the attention of the most blasé of editors, penned the following sentence. Hell, said the Duchess. Strangely enough, this tale of mine opens in much the same fashion. Only the lady who gave the utterance to the exclamation was not a Duchess. It was a day in early June. I had been transacting some business in Paris and was returning by the morning service to London where I was still sharing rooms with my old friend, the Belgian ex-detective Hercule Poirot. The Calais Express was singularly empty. In fact, my own compartment held only one other traveler. I had made a somewhat hurried departure from the hotel and was busy assuring myself that I had duly collected all my traps when the train started. Up till then, I had hardly noticed my companion, but I was now violently recalled to the fact of her existence. Jumping up from her seat, she let down the window and stuck her head out, withdrawing it a moment later with the brief and forcible ejaculation. 
hell. Now, I am old-fashioned. A woman I consider should be womanly. I have no patience with the modern neurotic girl who jazzes from morning to night, smokes like a chimney, and uses language which should make a Billingsgate fishwoman blush. I looked up now, frowning slightly into a pretty, impudent face, surmounted by a rakish little red hat. A thick cluster of black curls hid each ear. I judged that she was little more than seventeen, but her face was covered with powder, and her lips were quite impossibly scarlet. Nothing abashed, she returned my glance and executed an expressive grimace. Dear me, we've shocked the kind gentleman, she observed to an imaginary audience. I apologize for my language, most unladylike and all that, but oh lord, there's reason enough for it. Do you know I've lost my only sister? Really, I said politely, how unfortunate. He disapproves, remarked the lady. He disapproves utterly of me and my sister, which last is unfair because he hasn't seen her. I opened my mouth, but she forestalled me. Say no more. Nobody loves me. I shall go into the garden and eat worms. I am crushed. She buried herself behind a large comic French paper. In a minute or two, I saw her eyes stealthily peeping at me over the top. In spite of myself, I could not help smiling, and in a minute she had tossed the paper aside and had burst into a merry peal of laughter. I knew you weren't such a mutt as you looked, she cried. Her laughter was so infectious that I could not help joining in, though I hardly cared for the word mutt. The girl was certainly all that I most disliked, but that was no reason why I should make myself ridiculous by my attitude. I prepared to unbend. After all, she was decidedly pretty. There, now we're friends, declared the minx. Say you're sorry about my sister. I am desolated. That's a good boy. Let me finish. I was going to add that, although I am desolated, I can manage to put up with her absence very well. I made a little bow. But this most unaccountable of damsels frowned and shook her head. Cut it out. I prefer the dignified disapproval stunt. Oh, your face. Not one of us, it said. And you were right there, though, mind you, it's pretty hard to tell nowadays. It's not everyone who can distinguish between a demi and a duchess. There now, I believe I've shocked you again. You've been dug out of the backwoods, you have. Not that I mind. We could do with a few more of your sort. I just hate a fellow who gets fresh and makes me mad.